0: What's up, Degenerates? I know you're shocked, you're probably waiting to hear Brian's voice, but uh, his new job's kicking his ass, so Brian's out for right now, and you're stuck with me. The Dynasty Degenerate, right in the middle of Dynasty season, Mr. Steven Sampson. But, can't do the show on my own, so I've uh, enlisted the help of one of our Listener League members and last year's winner, uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Connor Dockham. Connor, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am fantastic. It's just uh, under two weeks left before we draft. It's
1: next week. And, uh, next next Thursday. Is. Yeah,
0: we're recording yeah.
1: this on the 21st. It's next week.
0: Yep. NFL draft will be next Thursday, and then I think we have our our uh, Listener League Rookie Draft is the following Sunday, so just just about two weeks for our draft. Yep. Yep. Um, are you uh you excited as I am? Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. I love.
1: I I think the one thing I look forward to during the NFL offseason is the draft.
0: Yeah, I think that's true for most of us. Um, once you get through the the first week or so of free agency, then it's pretty much all draft up until that point. Mm-hmm. All righty, let's uh let's jump right into this.
1: The rookie watch.
0: All right, so Connor, who do you uh, who do you have for your first quarterback that uh, you'd like to see come off the board?
1: So the first quarterback that I have going in this draft is Malik Willis, but I, I'm not sure like if he's gonna. It really depends on which team he goes to. Like if Carolina takes him, I think that's gonna be a shit show. I think if if Seattle takes him, I think. It could be a better situation for him if Pittsburgh trades up for him, which I'm hearing rumors about that. I think he could fit in Pittsburgh system pretty well. But I think Malik Willis is definitely going to be the first quarterback off the board on draft
0: night. Yeah, I think he probably will be as well. Um, Where do you have him as far as your fantasy relevant guys, not knowing where he's going to go? I'm
1: going to, like, Malik Willis, I would say – number two I'm gonna put Kenny Pickett at one
0: okay I also have Willis as my number two so uh we'll, we'll differ on our number ones but we'll get to that in a second so what I have with Willis is uh he, he's got probably the best arm strength or one of the best arm strengths in the class uh he might be second behind um was it Matt Corral yeah he's an excellent runner he's got good footwork One of the things I – he's going to take a little bit of development to uh, be NFL-ready. He does telegraph his throws quite a bit, and he didn't really play well against better competition last year. So that's something uh, to look at. But the transition from college to uh, pros for a lot of the guys takes a half a year to a year, sometimes a little bit more. But I do think landing spot, like you say, is um, is definitely – going to impact where he goes and, and how early he's able to start. I know if Rockstar was here, he'd, he'd say he wants him to go to Carolina, but <laughs> I don't think that's the best place for him. Yeah, uh, I think he needs to get into a system that has a veteran that can get him through the first half of the season or maybe the whole season, and they can work him in in different places. But I do think he's going to take a little bit more development, but I think he's probably got the highest ceiling Uh, of this class once you get a couple years in him definitely so you had mentioned kenny pickett Uh, i actually have him as my third quarterback so my first quarterback that i'm looking for in fantasy this year is going to be sam howell i like Howell. he had a bad season last year not a bad season but a little bit of a down season people need to realize he lost pretty much all of his weapons to the uh, 2021 draft most of the The receivers and the two running backs that he had been throwing to all went out last year. So he didn't have those guys to throw and run the offense through in the 2021 college season. So that kind of contributed to his downplay in numbers, I guess. Um, He's got a strong arm. He's got good pocket presence and he's got a sturdy build. He can pretty much make any throw on the field. Uh, he does need to get a little, little bit more aggressive with his throws, but that's something that he can be taught. Oh, definitely. And he does need to kind of stay with his progressions a little longer. But again, that could have contributed to O-line breaking down and not really having any playmakers last year to get the ball out a little bit quicker. So he, he kind of looked at one or two progressions and then and threw it or, or moved. So I, I can understand that. So what do you what do you think about Sam Howell?
1: Uh, yeah, what you said, like Sam Howell definitely needs to work on his arm a little, but he can definitely learn more about that in, like when he gets drafted to a team. Yeah, I, I didn't watch a lot of Sam Howell. I did watch college football this year, but I did not watch a lot of Sam Howell. I'll see a lot more of him within the next coming days. He, I don't think he's going to be a day one quarterback. He could definitely be a day. He's definitely going to be a day two and he's pro- he's definitely going to be learning behind someone before he gets yeah. a chance.
0: Yeah, I would say that that's accurate. Um, I expect him to be early to mid-second round. He might fall to the late second, but I'll be surprised if he gets to the third myself. Yeah. I think he's one of the guys, I think between him and Pickett, who we'll talk about next, yeah, both of them could be day-one starters depending on the team, but I do think Howell would benefit more and probably needs to be more like Justin Fields, how I said he was last year, where he needed to be three or four weeks behind uh, a veteran quarterback and, and learn new offense and then get sent out and not be dumped in week one. Um, whereas I think Pickett will be probably the one guy who could start week one, wherever he ends up. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Pickett. Um, what do you think about Kenny Pickett and you have him as number one. I have him as number three, but it's depending on where these guys end up. My rankings are going to shuffle quite a
1: bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same for me too. Yeah. What I like about Kenny Pickett is that he can like keep a play going outside of the pocket when he's on the run. He can, he's very fast, but what, like, I don't know if you saw that fake slide he did, but that, that was, a really good highlight of his in college, obviously that's not going to work in the NFL. Like a defensive back would absolutely kill him there. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's no targeting in uh, the NFL, but he's very, he's very mobile. He's, he can make a play outside the pocket. And if he get, if he ha- goes to an offense where he has like a good receiver that can recognize that get open for him, he's going to succeed in this league.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think what you say is true. He definitely has good pocket presence and is able to move around in the pocket well and, and escape pressure and, and make plays happen when he has to. He needs to work on getting through his progressions faster, and he does throw a lot off his back foot, but he did make some strides last year with his accuracy improving, and I do think if he can get to the right team that has some veteran wide receivers, that uh, he definitely could make a day one impact on the right team.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So I I kind of expect him. I think him and Willis both go day one. Oh, 100%. Uh, I think Willis earlier and, and probably pick it somewhere in the middle. I think ideally Pittsburgh would be a, a strong spot for him because it's a similar offense. Oh, yeah. And it's basically at home for him. He might be fine in Carolina as well uh, just because of the established running game, if they, if the Panthers actually add some uh, offensive line, he might be able to do okay there as well. Yeah. Um, I hope he doesn't go to Seattle. I just think they're going to be rebuilding for a few years, and I, I don't know that that's a, a great place for him with Pete Carroll, but I could be wrong. I, I think Willis more fits that style.
1: Yeah, I think this is Pete Carroll's last season as a head coach.
0: Yeah. I would I would say so as well, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Um so for number four, uh for myself I have Desmond Ritter as my number four guy. He's probably one of the fastest quarterbacks in this class to get through his progressions. And uh he's got good open field speed and he has from what I've read, uh has extremely high work ethic. He's got a little bit longer throwing motion and he does take a lot of sacks. So when he's getting through the progressions, he's got to find the open guy and get the ball out. And he's got to get a little bit better with his accuracy. Right now, he kind of reminds me of Jalen Hurts, which is, if anybody listens to the show, uh, they know how I feel about Hurts. <laughs> but uh, he's another guy, depending on the team, potentially could start week one. But I really I really think that would be detrimental to him. Yeah, Because uh, there is a lot of things he needs to work on. What do you think about Desmond Ritter? I yeah,
1: I watched a lot of Desmond Ritter in college because I have a family member that went to Cincinnati, so I want to like support her. And I watched a lot of Desmond Ritter when he was in college. Yeah, he's yeah, very very aware of when the pressures coming to him is able to get the ball out uh, when he can uh, uses his tight ends a lot dump dumps off to running backs and. Yeah, I think he could definitely be a late first round pick. In my like mock draft, I have him going thirty second overall to, to
0: Detroit. Yeah. Which I could see if they if they didn't take him somebody trading up to that spot just to get the fifth year option on him. Yeah. Just so that they have the extra time. Yeah. So that that I could see. He could he definitely another guy that would be late first, early second. The one thing I did note with him where some of the other quarterbacks are kinda Scheme-dependent, he really isn't. He should be able to fit into just about every offense that's out there looking. Mm-hmm. So that, that could benefit him to get on the field sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, obviously, like in Detroit, they don't need to rush him right now. Give Goff two more years, then you can trade him and cut him during his
0: last contract year. Mm-hmm, right. No, and that would give him time to learn behind a veteran. Dan Campbell can get his offense developed and and continue building the team so it would be a a pretty decent fit for him to go up there yeah he could pretty much write off his pro career but hey (laughs) fantasy is all we care about right oh yes of course (laughs) so who do you have uh who do you have to round out your top five uh
1: let's see um probably sam howell okay yeah, like, uh, uh, again, strong arm, a- able to recognize pressure and can move out of the pocket if he needs to and keep a play going. And obviously, I think he's going to be a late second round, early third round quarterback. He's definitely going to be like a career. I think he could be a career backup, though. Like, obviously, like a Jacoby Brissett or, um, like an Andy Dalton right now.
0: You do you think Sam Howell is a career backup? Uh yeah. Wow. I will disagree, but I can I can I guess I can understand that a little bit. Um like I said, I guess because I I know he lost all his weapons. Um I have a little bit different outlook cuz he had a really good 2020. He did. Um, but yeah. So I have, at I, number five, I have Matt Corral. Um, mm-hmm. He's pretty much, I think, is going to be a good fit for any system that excels at the RPO. He's a mobile quarterback. He really doesn't throw well after he gets past his first read, but he, ha- he has a cannon for an arm. He just doesn't have the finesse that he's going to need at this next level. Uh, he's a little bit slimmer at 212 but i think he can grow into that yeah i think he's a day 2 late day 2 uh developmental guy that if he gets on the right team with the right coach can uh you know probably turn him into a uh a pretty decent quarterback with with a strong arm he just has to get that finesse down and he has to uh he has to get through those reads and, and throw the ball better he, he can't uh you can't look at one guy and then and then throw it at somebody else's feet. You got to be able to get it to your second, third, or fourth receiver. But he definitely can make plays with his legs, so that might that might get him on the field sooner rather than later. Uh, what do you think about Matt Corral?
1: Yeah, I agree. Like with his draft position, like late day two pick. Um, you yeah, know everything you said. Like again, could be like another career backup like obviously could come in for like a long term if a quarterback gets injured now but yeah we'll have to see where he goes uh obviously he needs to be in a good system with a good head coach with plenty of weapons around him and he could obviously can succeed in the nfl if he gets his like uh if he develops develops um at the nfl level
0: yeah I would agree. Um do you have uh do you have any other quarterbacks on your list that you want to talk about or should we move on? No, to not really. Every
1: every like everyone outside of the top 5 is probably going to be like day early day 3 or like early day 3 yeah. pick and no one cares about like the 4th round quarterbacks unless it's right. like Dak Prescott.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there's always that the chance that you get that Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott or Tom Brady. Um yeah, that falls into the later rounds. But with this class not being as strong as previous classes. Oh, yeah. These quarterbacks are nothing compared to
1: last year's draft class.
0: Yeah. So you, you'd you be looking at guys that are going to be Brian Hoyer, you know, as best case. <laughs> they could be a career backup uh, if they can get into the right scheme and, uh, you know, maybe excel at that. But I don't think there's a, a long term starter. Outside of the top five guys. No, I don't see it. So, all right, well, we'll move on to running backs. And, uh, there's some experts that, uh, go one way with this and some that go the other. Who do you, who do you have as your number one running back for uh, the 2022 class? Kenneth Walker. Yeah. See, you're, you're one of the ones on one side and I'm going to be one of the ones on the other side. You have Brees Hall. So I do have Hall. yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, and it, Let's talk about Walker, and I'll tell you why I have Hall. Because uh, it's very close between the two for me. So why do you like Kenneth Walker over Brees Hall? Well,
1: he's on the shorter side, and obviously like, there's been a lot of NFL running backs that are like short, like a Dion Lewis, that are very small but speedy and hard to tackle. And uh, Kenneth Walker is one of them. He's very He's a very smart running back. He can find... Like running holes in the offensive line, and he's he can uh, make people miss in the open field, and I think he could like very really succeed in the NFL if he goes to a team with a good offensive line. And he's also a good like check down guy. He can catch the ball in the open field, very close to the quarterback, and
0: yeah, he he will get you yards. So what I have for Walker, um, I, I agree with you on some of that. Um, he's an excellent athlete, and he hits the hole, doesn't hesitate. He just he blows his shoulder and pounds through it. Uh, he can handle a heavy workload. I have no issue with that at all. He had a four three eight forty, great speed. My concern, and the reason I don't have him as my number one, is because he does not want to be involved in pass protection or pretty much the passing game period. And that's a concern for me because if you're not going to pass block, you're not going to be on the field as a three-down back, and now you're you're going to be drafted as a committee back. And to me, for fantasy, that's just not that great. That's concerning. So yeah. that that's why he's my number two and not my number one because he led the he led college last year at broken tackles. He's excellent uh, at getting past the first defender and, and getting those extra yards. It just if you're not gonna pass protect and like I said, you're you're not gonna be a three down back, I, I don't know that I want you as the number one overall pick. Hmm. So that might change depending on the team he goes to and, and how much of a timeshare and stuff he's gonna have. But for right now, uh my number one guy is actually gonna be Brees Hall. Yeah, Brees Hall is my number two. Let's talk about him. Um for me, Brees Hall is a three down back. He's he's a great receiver. He's got excellent balance. Um, he worked last year behind a bad offensive line. He ran a 4.39 40 as opposed to the 4.38. So they're very close with that. He, he had uh, a good showing at the combine. He needs to work on getting a little bit lower when he's running through the gaps, and he needs more bursts out of his cuts. He kind of he makes a cut, and uh, he doesn't get going quick enough right now, but that's something he can work on. But he is excellent in space. I think he's one of the more exciting guys to watch when he's out in space, but I guess that's debatable depending on what you're looking for in your running back. So what do you think about Brees Hall? Why do you have him as your number two? I just
1: don't like Brees Hall as much as Kenneth Walker because of like the level of competition that Kenneth Walker had. He played Michigan, he played um Ohio State, and Brees Hall didn't like have as much as Big of a competition than Kenneth Walker. That's really yeah, it.
0: I can agree with that. Walker did play against a lot better defenses. So who do you have as your number three back? Isaiah Spiller. Okay. We're a little ways apart on that. So tell me why you have Spiller as your number three. So Isaiah Spiller, he's went to A&M. Um,
1: there's not a lot of other guys that really stick out to me. Well, with running backs obviously a lot of these running backs are gonna go day two i think all of these running backs are gonna go day two i don't see any getting drafted in the first round there's not a lot of teams with huge needs at running back but isaiah spiller again he he's more of a he's a taller running back than kenneth walker and Brees hall but i i just don't know i i i think that he had like a better level of competition than the other running
0: backs uh, behind him. Okay. So I have him as my number six. Um, What I have on on Spiller is he's a gap scheme running back, so he needs to go to a team that's going to use that type of offense. He could fill a three-down role. Um, He's good in pass protection. He's got solid hands. He's good out of his cuts but he lacks any real long running speed and he dances a lot behind the line trying to find a hole instead of just hitting the hole. And he does go down easy. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, yards after first contact. So that's a little concerning for my three down back. And I think there's other guys, you know, if you're looking for him just for his hands and his size, I think there's a few other guys that you can get that are going to be a little bit more effective. But it's, it's a little closer for me with my with my three, four, five, and 6. And like you say, they're going to be – I'm going to say third round at best for, for these guys. Most likely they're going to fall the late third or fourth rounds for a lot of them because there's not a huge glaring need this year at running back like there has been in the last few years. So mm-hmm. uh, if anything, maybe, maybe Kenneth Walker goes day one. But I, I think more likely he falls into day two and him and Hall both go day two probably the second round.
1: Yeah. I think, I think they're both going day two. I, I wouldn't see many teams drafting a running back
0: first round uh, next week. Yeah, No, I wouldn't. So my number three, I have James Cook. And what I have for him is he's got excellent hands. One of the, probably the best pass catcher in the class. Um, He's got great speed. He's quick to accelerate and he could be a three down back. He's a little, light right now i think if he has 20 to 30 pounds which his frame could take that he could be a three down back he's a little bit smaller than his brother dalvin but i do think he would be effective in the league he ran a 442 which is i think he was a fourth running back uh at the combine so it's solid time just needs to put on a little bit of weight and uh needs more more experience blocking in the passing game as opposed to uh he spent most of his time going out on passing routes rather than blocking. So that that would be the one thing I would say is probably going to hold him back a little bit is whether or not he can block effectively. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you think about James Cook?
1: Yeah, James, yeah, obviously, brother in the league obviously has like some sort of experience there. Dalvin obviously one of the best running backs in the league right now. Um, obviously they're not, they're not going to be the same running, uh, like running back in the league. They're very different, but obviously, like you said, needs to add a little bit of weight onto him. Yeah. I think he could be a solid, like running back in a good system. Yeah. Uh,
0: who do you have at number four? Who do you like after, uh, Isaiah Spiller? Uh,
1: I like Rashad white. Uh, he rushed for a thousand yards, uh, and had 15 touchdowns. In eleven games, he's pretty fast. He ran a four four eight forty, yeah. And he's got a, he's I mean he's on the older side for this these rookies. He's twenty four right now. Well, he's twenty three, but he'll be turning twenty four during the season. And so, like, oh, that's a little concerning there.
0: Yeah, he he'll start out a little bit older, but he doesn't have a ton of wear and tear on the tires, so that's. You know, I'm not as concerned about that right now with the age on him. Got good acceleration. He's, uh, elusive and great in space. He's probably going to be one of those guys that gets a start as a, as a, uh, kick returner. Yeah, he's definitely, yeah, he looks like a kick returner. Yeah, so that'll, that should help him out with getting on a team and getting work. Uh, he's got solid hands. He needs work at pass protecting, which a lot of these guys do, um, He's not great at running between the tackles. He's more of a, a kick-out-to-the-outside kind of guy. Uh, he needs a lot of discipline in his running, so I think early on, special teams and uh, using him on passing downs would probably be the best fit for him, kind of a third-down back, kind of maybe fill a, a James White-type role early on, and maybe he can develop into something a little bit more. Yeah. So I he's a little farther down on my list because of that, but. He could definitely work up. So what I have uh, for my number four guys, I have Tyler Algier, who is a bigger back. Uh, he runs primarily north and south between the tackles. He's got good vision. He's good. He's a good pass blocker. He doesn't have a lot of acceleration. He probably needs to add about 10 pounds, which is not going to help with the acceleration. But it'll uh, definitely help him going through the uh, through the gaps. And he takes whatever is given to him. He hits a hole. And uh, he just grinds out those two or three yards. So he's a good first or second down back that's going to get you, you know, a consistent two or three yards every time. He doesn't have breakaway speed, but you're going to get a guy that's at least going to get you a couple of yards. What do you think about Algier?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you said what you said. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna fight for the yards, and that's what NFL teams want on their team right
0: now. Yep. So who do you have next?
1: My number 5 running back is Ty Chandler and as a rusher he he's like he's good in all those. He probably has he has great vision. He he can very he can see um defenders come in before they even rush him. Um he's able to break tackles in the open field. And he has like a lot of experience in college from Javante Williams and Michael Carter. And he ran a four, three, eight, um, but he is only 204 pounds. He might need to get like 15, 20 pounds on him. But I think he could definitely do that. Obviously, I think a a great spot for him would probably be Miami where they use multiple running backs in their system where they sign Edmonds and Mostert. I don't know how where he'll fit in the depth chart there, but if another team wants to look at that Miami Dolphin running back group, and well, I mean you got
0: you got uh, a former San Francisco coach there who, who's going to use a running back committee. You got San Francisco who could use uh, another running back. Most likely they'll draft one. They they tend to do that. Yeah, uh, the Jets. Jets could
1: use someone. Behind Carter.
0: Right. And who better than his former uh, backup uh, than Ty Chandler. Yeah. You know, so th- there's a few teams that uh, that definitely use the committee and, and would benefit from him. I think he's another guy that could use a little bit of extra weight. Oh, know, yeah, 10, that, yeah that's why he's low for me. But, yeah, there. I mean, it's hard to judge what he could have done being – The the lead back in North Carolina, because, like I said when I was talking about how, they just didn't have a good offense this year, and it was just it was mostly because they lost so many players last year. So, yeah. So we'll have to see. He's actually a guy I didn't really have, you know, on my list per se, because I think he drops into late day three. But he's somebody who has some potential and he's got good speed, so I think that's going to fit a Shanahan or or what are those San Francisco offshoots uh, for the style of running back that they look at? Yeah. So I had my next guy is uh, Damian Pierce. And I think he's more of a, uh, a goal line running back. Uh, He's a big guy, probably going to feel like the Ramondre Stevenson role that we had last year with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Um, He's built well. He's got a great stiff arm. um, He's excellent pass protection. Probably the best in this class at pass protection. Uh, He's got a low center of gravity. He can get down, get his pads down below the defensive lineman and and get those extra yards that way. He doesn't have long run speed, and he's never really been a featured back, but he probably could fill a three-down roll if he was given the opportunity because of his size. He just doesn't have breakaway speed, so you're not going to get those big 90-yard touchdown runs unless everybody else just stops running after him. Yeah. You know, but you could get, you know, a 10 or 15-yard break, a 20-yard break, because he is, a, he is a, a good runner, and he's well-built. So I think he's a, kind of a, a Pittsburgh-style running back. Uh, he just doesn't have extra athletic metrics that they tend to, to look for in their running backs. But I think he is somebody that, on the right team, could probably excel in the league. Yeah, he could definitely come
1: in for Najee Harris if he, he really, they really need him to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so let's move on from running backs, then, and we'll get into the uh, meat and potatoes of this year's draft for fantasy: the wide receiver class. So there's a few wide receivers that are kind of back and forth at the top. Uh, who do you have as your number one? Garrett Wilson. Okay. Yeah. So you're going with the uh, consensus. The expert consensus is uh, as Garrett Wilson as the number one. And Arguably, depending on where he goes, I think that's probably gonna be accurate, yeah, um, so tell us about wilson yeah he he was so
1: dominant uh in the big ten for college football over the past few seasons. He did play eleven games in twenty twenty one he had twelve touchdowns over a thousand yards, and he did have five games over a hundred yards um he's got great hands had a 90% catch rate last season. Um, yeah, he could definitely, he's going to fit great in this league. He's probably going to be the first receiver taken in the draft. Probably this, it's either him or London. It, yeah. There's That's like the biggest debate right now. Who's going first? Who's the first receiver taken in this year's draft? Is it London or Wilson? And I personally think
0: that it will be Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Depending on which team pulls the trigger first, um, but either way, I I don't think uh, I don't think either is a bad choice. I have I have London as my number one. Yeah, I
1: have London as my number
0: two. They're very close. Um, So what I have on Wilson, he's he's got raw talent and intuition. Uh, He's got excellent body control, and he's got an excellent catch radius for his size. He's tough to cover in and out of his breaks, and he's a yak monster. He needs to improve versus press because they they. Didn't face a lot of that last year or in, in college. Period. He gets a little bit too cute with his feet when he's trying to uh, get away from defensive backs, and that's not going to translate at all into the NFL. He needs to be a little bit more physical with the uh, with the corners. And he wasn't the uh, he wasn't a top wide receiver in Ohio until this year, and even that was not by a large amount. So. I actually have him as my number three, behind uh, behind London and Olivet, But I think the consensus is that he's probably going to be the first one drafted. So it's going to depend on where he goes. Um, but I think it's very close between the three for me. Yeah, and
1: when I talk about London, yeah, obviously he's got to work. He's a good contested catcher receiver but obviously like there's going to be a lot of defensive backs in the NFL that are a lot bigger than him and are going to be able to disrupt the pass and obviously like he's he's got to work on that got to get some space and that's why I have him at number 2.
0: Okay. Isn't London like 64? Six, four? Uh, 63. 63. Yeah. Cuz I think uh and Wilson's like 6 6 foot or 5 11. uh Garrett Wilson yeah, Garrett Wilson is six foot, yeah, so I know London is uh so here's what I have for Drake London, and this is why I think he's number one. He's a physically dominant receiver, he excels with his catch radius and at high points in the ball he's he's a solid run game blocker, he's not afraid to block he's not like some of these wide receivers that just go out and cross their arms and just kind of play patty cake with the defensive backs he'll he'll go out and block he wants to he had a few issues with, with drops and then he broke his ankle in October, but he still had over a thousand yards halfway through the season. So yeah, that's something, um, he's not, he doesn't have the greatest speed. I I think he's a guy that can come out and be a true number one on a team. And I think he could do it early on in his first season. So where I think that, uh, Wilson pretty much is going to be somewhat dependent on where he goes. I think London can go just about anywhere and uh, and be that number one guy. So if he got onto a team that already hasn't established one, he should excel right out of the gate, kind of like a Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the difference for me, why I have him one, and then I have the two Ohio State guys, two and three, which I, I can interchange those guys. Yeah, depending on where they go. Depending on where they go, yeah. And, and I might move London down, too. It depends on, on where he ends up. But I, I think that overall, he has the best metrics other than speed. And uh, for the most part, should be pretty well draft independent.
1: Yeah, on my mock draft, I have Drake London go, uh, getting drafted by Atlanta. And Which would be great. Yeah, that would be good for fantasy. But who knows, but can he be like the leader of those receivers? Because they're not going to have Calvin Ridley. This year or the like, the year after for a few games, but right. So, like that, like Calvin Ridley's status is very unknown, and that's why I'm concerned about London. Can he step up and be the number one receiver right away?
0: Yeah, which I think I mean they're, they're basically going to be a new a new team. You got a new quarterback. They they've got the running game back. You know, Pitts is going to be in his second year, so. I mean, realistically, Pitts is going to be the number one cover target. So that's going to help London out a little bit there. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Atlanta for me would be an ideal spot because when you do get really back, now you have two guys who could be absolutely dominant on, on either side, you know, and and they can play London in the slot too if they need to. So that, that would be a nice landing spot for me. There's a couple other spots that I wouldn't mind him going, but I doubt he'll I doubt he'll fall far enough to get to those places. So I think he's going to be an earlier, an earlier pick, probably in the top fifteen.
1: London, yeah, yeah. Oh percent. Yeah, bo- both him and
0: Wilson. Uh, I think oh, both, both him and Wilson. Both. Yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, who do you have at number three? Uh, is it Olave? Yes. Okay. So, what I have for Chris Olave is that he should be a, a reliable wide receiver too, both on it on. team he goes to and for fantasy this year he's a top-notch route runner probably one of the best in the class he was nfl ready last year but he decided to uh stay at ohio state stay stay at ohio state for another year which i don't think helped him in the draft but i think probably for him as a as a person as a player uh, was the right thing to do Mm -hmm. because he's going to come out he's going to be that much more mature than some of these other guys he's got less than a five percent career drop rate he's not really a good yak guy. He's he's more of a, a catch it and fall kind of guy, but he catches it. So yeah, he could use to put on a little bit of muscle, probably ten to fifteen pounds. Uh, but he did run a four three nine. Yeah, 40. he's only so, like one eighty five pounds. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's a tiny guy. So you know, kind of the concerns we had last year with Devonta Smith uh, are concerns that we could have with Chris Olave as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think getting to the NFL level, adding you know, add 10 pounds this year, that'll really help him. And if if he can get onto a team with an established one or an established one and two, that uh, he can contribute early on as well. So I think he's an early day two guy.
1: I honestly could see him getting drafted by the Packers in the first round. There's a possibility. I could see that
0: happening too. Yeah, I could see that happening Yeah, in
1: my mock, Uh, I have him going to the Packers. I think he could fit in great with Aaron Rodgers. I would love to see him
0: go to the Packers.
1: I would. I would love that. Like but... that. That's my dream right now because if if Chris Olave gets drafted, like everyone is like he. I think Chris Olave could go probably in the fourth round of a fantasy draft, maybe fifth round, mm-hmm. because he's yeah probably gonna be the wide yeah, receiver was... one there because of the Devontae Adams trade of him going to Vegas.
0: I think that would be detrimental to him because I think he would end up getting overdrafted in fantasy because I don't think he's a one. I really don't. Not right now. I think he needs that other guy on the field to take some coverage. But let's see what happens with Debo. You know, he yeah, Debo. He very well could end up going to uh, to the Packers. I don't think free agency is quite over yet. There's there's a few other disgruntled wide receivers that are looking for big paydays that uh, yeah may end up going to a team that was trying to keep the one that they had. So yeah, McLaurin and AJ
1: Brown. Even though I think the Titans general manager came out and said today that they don't have plans of trading him right now. Yeah. But who knows? Like GMs always lie about that. They did it with like the Giants did it with Odell Beckham.
0: Right. Well, they're going to say no, we don't want we don't want to trade him. But if a team calls and says, "Hey, we'll give you this for the guy." Yeah. And and they give you an offer that you can't refuse, well, you might just have to uh consider doing it, especially if the guy doesn't want to be there and he, you know, he's demanding to be out. Like like Debo is, we'll see how that situation ends up developing. But
1: yeah, AJ Brown hasn't said anything, so
0: no, I I think he's just frustrated. It's probably the best like, board. Where's my used payday, motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah, the thing is, he's going to get paid, but I think he's looking around at the team, saying, "Man, I got to carry this team on my shoulders again." If Henry gets hurt, you know, it, it, it's him and Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, Robert Woods isn't going to be back anytime, you know, early in the season. No, given when he got hurt, so. You're no. probably looking at halfway through the season where A.J. Brown's the only wide receiver again yeah. with a bunch of young guys. So, yeah, I can understand why he's frustrated and wants to get paid now just in case he gets hurt. So, I get that. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say your number four is uh, Jameson Williams. It is. <laughs> I mean, the top four, I think, are... uh Pretty well set in stone for all all the experts. It's just a matter of
1: right there. They, they should, they could obviously they could be flipped around wherever they go. But but the thing about Jamison Williams for me is that he tore his ACL in the national championship, which is very concerning for a lot of NFL teams. Is he going to be ready for training camp? Is he going to be ready for preseason? But I don't think he should play preseason.
0: Yeah, no, I will be actually shocked if he's ready by like week three. Yeah. It's you shouldn't as he be, tore that, you know.
1: Yeah, don't rush an ACL injury if you have a rookie receiver. Like, not on
0: a wide receiver, no.
1: If he's constantly hurt and doesn't get on the field, people are gonna lose their jobs
0: and that player is labeled as a bust. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're just talking about Robert Woods who tore his in late November and saying he won't be back until sometime in the uh you know, week four to week eight range. So this happened two months after or so let's say six weeks afterwards. So I mean granted Woods is a little bit older, but still I think I don't think the time frames are so much different. I think you're still looking at at Williams being ready to come back and actually play, you know, probably no earlier than week three and, and probably more realistically around week eight. Yeah, don't rush this injury.
1: And obviously, Jamison Williams could definitely fall. I wouldn't be surprised if Jamison Williams falls into the second round. Oh, I
0: think he falls into the second round just because you're going to be drafting a guy that you can't use. Unless he's going to a deep team that doesn't need him this year, realistically, or won't need him until the playoffs, I I think he falls. I think he's a day-two guy. Yeah. So let's go and move on to number five because I'm sure that we're going to— get to a spot now where things start to change a little bit. So who do you have as your number five? Christian w- Watson. Oh, you're my best friend. <laughs> I I well, I love Watson. Yeah, so. I
1: think Wat I yeah, definitely Watson has got great size but doesn't like have a lot of weight on him. He could definitely gain a little bit of weight before training camp or during training camp. But he can he can do anything. He could like get in a slot. Go out wide, and he could like, uh, mo- you can motion him in, give him the ball on the snap, like it, like Debo did, did this year. But obviously, like Debo Samuel doesn't want to be like a
0: hybrid player. Well, he doesn't want to be a running back. He doesn't want to get hurt and have a, a short career. Yeah, which is understandable for a guy who is a wide receiver. Yeah, and I think
1: so- that's something Christian Watson did when he was at North Dakota State.
0: Yeah, so being a uh, a North Dakotan. Watson has a special place in my heart, but uh, I do think that he is one of the more underrated guys that a lot of people aren't looking at and should be. Uh, He plays, you know, he plays whistle to whistle. He plays hard all the time. His route tree was constantly improving throughout the season. Obviously, he's coming from a little bit of a smaller school. They don't have the level of competition per se. Um, they do have and good we saw players, that with Carson so, Wentz, but, but they do put out some good players. Yeah, they really do. What, he, what I see from him is he needs to focus a little more on his catches and he needs to get a little bit better at, uh, timing at the point of the catch on some of the 50, 50 balls. Cause he's got the size. Uh, he just needs to be a little bit better at that, but that's mechanics that he can work on with better competition. And, and I really think he can do that. So he's another guy that, uh, I think can be really used just about anywhere on the field. And he, he's a guy that I believe they can use as a return guy, get him out there. Um he's probably a, a, a guy that's gotta develop for a year and, and improve that route tree. But I think by you know, by next season, if not later in this season, that he's he's starting to break out a little bit. Yeah. A lot like um dk metcalf in
1: 2019
0: yeah now not that we're comparing him to dk no, but no sim- no one with is the
1: gonna no. be compared to dk metcalf <laughs> anytime soon
0: gotta gotta specify that yeah, like somebody, somebody will the, make
1: that leap yeah the progression is what i'm talking about right
0: not the player no the progression should be very similar yes i would agree with that so who do you have for number six i have Traylon burks uh yeah i also have Traylon burks well it's like you're reading my mind <laughs> Yeah. So what I have for, for uh, Traylon Burks is uh, the position that I can see him playing would be the big slot position. He's got good size and speed. He plays physical. He's very hard to tackle. He's not that experienced against press coverage, but, again, a lot of the wide receivers coming out of college aren't. Uh, and he had a limited route tree in college. So using him in the slot, which is where he primarily played from, would be beneficial early on. He's uh, got a huge wingspan, and he's got really good ball skills. It's just a, a few things with route running that he needs to develop on. I, I think if he had been at a different school that that ran more of a pro ready offense, he probably would be a lot higher in this draft.
1: Yeah, Arkansas is not a huge like. No, oh my gosh, he's a first round pick. It's like right now, but like if he went to Alabama, he would definitely be a first. Oh yeah, round he would have
0: been top. He would be top three. Yeah, easy, and he would be a, a top fifteen. In the NFL draft I mean his metrics are really good other than the route running that's really what drags him down so hopefully he gets to a team that, that can use him week one or early on in the season as a slot wide receiver and take advantage of that the size and the speed yeah who do you have at number seven I have
1: uh um, Dotson from Penn State okay why i have him so low is he's very very small only five foot ten i'm taller than this dude uh but he is very athletic and he's probably the one of the better receivers to come out of penn state since probably chris godwin and he's mm-hmm. had a pretty good target share like 30 percent in 2020 31 in 2021 obviously he's gonna get the ball um he's more of a deep threat receiver than like open field like medium passer. Yeah, he's no, he's he's more of a Deshaun Jackson.
0: Yeah, Deshaun Jackson, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, he's he's a good route runner. He's got a big catch radius, given his his size. I mean, he catches the ball like he's six two, and he's only he's five ten. Yeah, he's got five percent drop rate over his career, which is fantastic. He's got excellent vision after the catch when he's in space, uh, which could work well for him if he gets involved in the return game early on. And he makes a ton of acrobatic catches. Like, every catch this guy makes is, is a highlight reel catch. So if he can if he can maybe put on a little bit of a weight, because 178 pounds is concerning. But, I mean, if you're running past guys, you take the top off the defense, you're not going to get hit a lot. So... That that shouldn't affect him too bad. That's not a huge concern. No. I I have him uh, quite a bit lower than you uh, just because of the size, and I think there's a few better guys, but they're very close, so this will change a lot for me once these guys get drafted. Mm -hmm. My guy at seven is uh, George Pickens, who I think a lot of people had last year as probably the number one this year or the number two, and he really fell off. He was like a top prospect as a freshman. Like he, he broke out his freshman year, and he just kind of—he's not been healthy ever since then, and I think that's really affected his draft stock because you, you haven't seen it since his since his first year in college. But if it translates, he, he's excellent at the catch point. Uh, he can get late separation on contested catches. He can keep corners' hands away while he's running his route. But he does have some discipline issues, which have also contributed to his lack of play time. Yeah. And he's going to need to develop as a person to be able to play in today's NFL. So, you know, he's going to be a little bit more. uh, He's going to be a little bit less mature than some of the other guys coming out just because he hasn't really had the time on the field uh, in college. So what you're saying, he's the next Antonio Brown. (laughs) I'm saying he probably should have stuck it out for another year. (laughs) <laughs> um, in college, and just tried to play a, a healthy year, just to be a little bit more NFL ready. Let's put it that way. Yeah, because I, I can see issues with this kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, again, like the
1: injuries and the behavior issues is a big concern to me. If if he wants to succeed in the NFL and be fantasy relevant,
0: right? Which you know could could drop him down my board quite a bit if he starts to slide because he's he's at seven for me, but. Only because of the talent I saw as a freshman, it won't take much for me to move him. Yeah. So who do you have? Uh, who do you have next? We got a few more wide receivers, and then we'll jump into tight ends. Um, I got David Bell out of Purdue. I like David Bell. Yeah,
1: I like him too. Obviously, like some people are comparing him to uh, Rashad Bateman. Which I mm-hmm. don't think Rashad Bateman really showed a lot his rookie year, but He's got he's got potential. He's pretty good at everything, but he's just not one of those elite prospects that people are going to get really hyped about. But he did have like a a 25% reception share with while playing with Rondale Moore in who's now playing in Arizona. But I I think if he goes to a team that can really share the ball well, he he will do well. He's going to do well. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So what I have for him, he did play well with Rondell Moore last year. And this year, he was the only receiving option. And he did well given that. So, you know, teams going out knowing he's the only one out there that they're going to throw the ball to, he was still able to go out and produce at a high level in college. Uh, So that actually says a little bit about him translating over the NFL level that even on a bad team, he should be able to have some production for us for fantasy. Yeah, He's good after the catch. He's fluid with his uh, game processing and executing on his routes. He needs to initiate more contact prior to the catch point to get a little bit more separation, but that's something that can be worked on. And a lot of his production is from contested catches. So a guy like Kenny Galladay that makes his money on the 50-50 balls, that's what David Bell does. So if he can get on a team with a quarterback that uh, kind of excels at, at throwing those balls, he should be able to develop into a pretty good wide receiver so he's a guy i have as a like a an early fourth round pick an early day three guy yeah. He might be able to move up a little bit but i think he's think he's more of a day three prospect yeah let's talk about one more what do you think about uh sky Moore?
1: i do like sky Moore, but i don't like that he's five foot nine but he does have good weight on him he does like he's a good slot receiver he's going to be a great slot receiver he was at like a in the slot like 40 percent of the time last season um but obviously i think the height is just a big concern because there's a lot of bigger defensive backs than him in the nfl right now and who knows where he can like really go from there obviously he could be a day two pick i do see a lot of experts saying he is a day two guy i mean if a team wants to take their chance on him
0: go for it so what I see with him uh, is definitely day two, probably a day earlier day three guy. He is small. He's got a smaller catch radius, but I mean Tyreek Hill is small. Now, granted, this kid's not as fast as Tyreek. I'm not saying that either. No, but a smaller player can still excel in the right offense. I mean Julian Edelman, West Welker type. Uh, the kid's got four four one speed, so he's he's not slow by any means. He put up big numbers against bad competition, so his numbers are a little bit inflated. And last year was really the first year they focused more on him in the slot at forty percent. But I think he is a slot receiver, and I think he's a guy that they can use, you know, running across the field in that in that Edelman role, in that Welker role, with his speed, his catching ability. I mean, he led college in broken tackles for a wide receiver. So the guy's elusive. So if you can get him in space and get the ball to him while he's moving, he, he can make plays happen. Yeah. So that's that's why I have him a little higher than some of the other guys. But it's one of those things, if he goes to the wrong team. He could definitely be. He's undraftable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he could turn into Mequil Hardman because he's just. He, he's just, dra- just drafted for the speed. That's it. Yep. John Ross. Yep. <laughs> John Ross too. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes those guys just don't develop, so. I think that's going to wrap us up on wide receivers. Let's uh, let's jump into a couple of tight ends and uh, yeah, there's not a lot of like big name tight ends. There's not. Um, I think Trey McBride is probably the consensus overall one. Yeah, that's that's who I have too. There's not a lot of big. I don't think it's close, but I don't think it's close between the rest of the guys and him. He's got reliable speed. He's got a diverse route tree already. Yeah, uh, he could be a little bit more dynamic after the catch and he needs to add, like a lot of these guys, he needs to add 10 to 15 pounds of muscle to win some of the one-on-one battles. I think he still is a top prospect regardless of where he goes. He just has all-around skills. He, he's not a guy that's going to be limited in any offense, whether they have him blocking, whether they have him receiving. He's just going to be you know, the most pro-ready guy that comes out of this class. No, 100%. So I have two guys at number two, and one of them is more just because he's from Malden. But uh, Isaiah Likely hometown hero here. I have him as a move tight end, which is one of the tight ends. they put in motion a lot. They don't do a whole lot of blocking. He's a good route runner. Uh, He's got good speed for his position, solid hands. He also needs to add some weight so he can be used in the running game more as a blocker. Primarily now, he's been used as a second-level blocker. So going up and getting linebackers. And like I said, he is from Malden. So he's got pretty decent metrics, you know, across the board other than He's get a little bit more physical, but I think a lot of that's going to come with adding some weight. Yeah, I think he could he could
1: make a little bit of a name for himself if he just adds that weight.
0: Yeah, but obviously Uh, he's not he's not Trey McBride. He he's not. No, he definitely is not. The other guy that uh, I think and I think most experts have him at number two is uh, Jalen Wittermeyer. What do you think about him, Jalen? Would I haven't I haven't read a lot about
1: the tight ends in this upcoming draft because I don't think there's really any good ones that could really be like and make a name for himself.
0: In a non premium league, you're not drafting any of these guys other than probably McBride. Yeah, I think. Mc... But if it's
1: tight end premium,
0: you're probably gonna be looking at one or two of these guys later on.
1: Yeah, he's got good height, good size, good hands. I mean, it's really like what
0: teams are looking for, but can he
1: Go to the next level. That's really right. the thing.
0: Yeah. So what I have for him, and I would agree with that, is can he make it to the next level? Because what I, what I see from him is uh, he makes fluid adjustments during his routes. He, he's smooth with the route running. And he's flexible at the top of his routes. He's good after the catch. He's not very good at blocking. Drops are an issue for him. And he just has kind of eh, speed. So he's not going to break away from you. And he's not going to block you. So. No. <laughs> You know, he's he's going to be, you're going to have to hit him on the run on a crossing pattern. He's going to get you some yards after the catch against the linebackers and stuff. But he's just not a real physical tight end, which is why it's kind of crazy to me why the experts have him at number two. But there really isn't a whole lot what of are they seeing uh, him? other talent. Yeah,
1: that's the question I mean, of the night. I <laughs> mean, it's,
0: yeah, pretty much. But it, it it is a dry class at tight end, so. Yeah, this got to put somebody in two. This
1: is like the like the 2020 draft yeah. for tight ends. Like it was Cole Komet, and then who's the next best tight end available?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I don't even remember.
1: Yeah, it was uh Devin Osiasi who was drafted by our New England Patriots, which he hasn't done shit for us. Hasn't seen the field, I don't think. I mean, he has one touchdown from Cam against the Jets, but who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> That's all he's done. He was he's always been a healthy scratch in New both England. Both of the tight
0: ends that we took that year have been disappointments.
1: Yeah. Keane was on injured reserve all last season. Yeah. So he didn't do shit either. Who cares?
0: No, they've both been bust, unfortunately. Yeah, there was
1: there was probably a player that New England could have taken in twenty twenty that could have helped
0: us out a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, there's been there's been a player they could have taken in the last few. Oh, yeah. There's always that. Yeah. We're uh, we're we're stuck with Nikhil Harry and a couple of bum tight ends.
1: Fuck Nikhil Harry. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably gonna get traded in like day two for like a fourth oh, I rounder. Hope so. I hope he does too. Like I want him out. He's yeah. not. Every, gonna see everybody here does. He's not gonna see the field this season because of us trading for Devontae Parker.
0: I would rather they'd send him to like the Eagles for Jalen Rager and, and you know what oh, we'll, we'll take the chance on Rager. You guys take the chance on Harry. <laughs> at least we have a different name to fucking boo for a, a year, you know, Yeah. At if it doesn't work out, <laughs> but it, at least it's something. Yeah. So, but I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Connor, do you have uh, anything you want to say to the rest of the listeners? The, uh, the other league mates before we uh, get to our next draft? Uh, enjoy the draft. Uh, obviously, it's a
1: very exciting time for the NFL. Make sure you're paying attention to where players are getting drafted to because that can really impact a player that you're like high on right now. Other than that, um, have a good weekend. Enjoy watching the draft next week. and That's pretty much it.
0: Awesome, man. Appreciate you coming on. Of um, course I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to get some episodes out a little more regularly going forward. Uh, Brian and I both started new jobs and it's been a little hectic. So hopefully it slows down a little bit more for him. Yeah. And I'm
1: working 30 hours a week as a full-time college student. So <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So you're, you're full as well yep. in the uh, busiest time of year for all of us. So again, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Connor, for joining us. And if you have a question for the show, You can reach out to us at dddfantasyfootball at gmail.com through our email. Or you can go to the website at daydreamingdegenerates.com. It's currently somewhat under construction, uh, but there is a form on the the very first page that you can fill out. And we'll submit your question to the show. Or you can give us a call at 508-343-8010 it will not ring. It'll go right to voicemail and you can leave your question and we will get to it on our next episode. Uh, Again, thank you and uh, have a great rest of your day.